Uh, hey, welcome to another episode of The Deep Dive, where we uh, basically are just looking at the, the weekend message, the passage, the topic of focus, uh, taking a deeper look or maybe a look from a different vantage point. And so uh, this week, uh, I'm back. I was on vacation last week. so Welcome it's, back, Brad. Yeah, thank you. It's Where'd good. you go? Uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Nice. How was the weather? Oh, amazing. 70 degrees cool. and sunny. When you landed, because you were delayed. We were supposed to get back Wednesday night and yes. uh, the snow. Snow. Apparently, planes can't land on a very slippery, cold It sounds like one of those things to not test as a passenger, you know? Uh, Yeah. So when you landed, what was the weather here like? Uh, 25 degrees. Yeah, it wasn't bad. We we came back on the tail end of the snowstorm. So, like, supposed to come back Wednesday night, got back Friday night instead. Uh, It was, like, 1 o'clock by the time we actually got home. Yeah. so yeah, a lot of the cold weather we were kind of bad. maybe it was low, maybe it was colder than twenty five. Biggest question. Yeah. When you got home at one a.m. Friday, mm-hmm. did you have to shovel the driveway in the next twelve hours or so? No, I paid. I paid a that neighborhood. A, yeah, yeah, neighborhood let's hear kid it for the local economy. Uh, yes, to to get that thing cleared for us. Live um, local for. All right. So anyway, we are yes. in a series uh, looking at the life of Jacob. Jacob. Uh, we've called this series Relationships because one of the things that I think this long narrative mm-hmm. uh, makes clear uh, is that Jacob's story um, can't be told without looking at the relationships he found yeah. himself in. Right. It's remarkable. It's like it starts with his brother literally out of the womb, well, mm-hmm. in the womb, then his relationship with his parents. Uh, we're going to see in this passage where what we saw is his relationship um, with uh, God, his relationship with his wives, plural, mm-hmm. his relationship that then becomes like his expanding tent family, because I think he winds up with a few concubines and stuff. Eventually, his 12 sons. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, it is all just this growing narrative of the expansion of Jacob's familial relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and even – I'm glad you said his relationship with God, because – even at the start of his life, he's given a name, and then yep. God later in his life changes his name. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, I guess Jacob's family and his story uh, gives me a whole lot of hope for my own, hmm. right? In one, in the sense— You don't sense, like your name? Eh, no, it's a good name. Uh, Let's come back to that. <laughs> Each of us have to answer. If we had a different had name, a different name, what would yes, it be? Yes, we'll okay. book in with that. All right. Um, so I— I think there's this idea that, I mean, progressivism, right, is constantly getting better, right? Mm -hmm. We want that for ourselves, um, that the person I am tomorrow is better than the person that I, you know, am today, hopefully. Um, For some people, we don't see that to be true. For Jacob, I... I think I can say it's true, but I can't say it with absolute certainty because, one, we only get a small snapshot of his life, right? We get these major moments, but... they're still just these small moments. Yeah. And the Jacob that's at the end of the story isn't a ton better than the Jacob we that's see right. in other places yeah, in the story. Right. And yet God has worked through his life, um, is providing yeah. for his family. Ultimately, this promised Messiah is going to come from his line. And so I, I guess it's a long way of saying there's hope for us all, and yep. God, uh, in His providence and in yep. His working, is bigger than any single relationship or moment or yep. snapshot in a person's life. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. I think for me, I one question I've tried to uh, ask 
is what is progress. Um, and sometimes progress is uh, slow external movement with loads of internal movement. And at other times, progress happens to be external movement, even though the internal movement is slow. Um, yeah. I think here in this whole narrative, the progress really is a theological that uh, goes on the theological chalkboard of God is progressing Jacob's story through all of his fits and starts. Um, I mean, he certainly has the deck stacked against deck. Excuse me, I said deck. Deck. That's yeah. not a word, friends. Um, the deck. <laughs> but stacked. I don't know. Try it in Wordle. I'm just saying. Um, it's you know it's stacked against him in that um, <clears throat> his his family is is continues like ours to wrestle with brokenness mm-hmm. and um and redemption in the same moments um and he doesn't have the benefit of reading about a guy named named jacob's life to Gosh. learn some lessons right like he knows yes. abraham his forefather mm-hmm. he knows isaac's story to some degree um both of those men had significant Im- imperfections yes. as well um but yeah. God is working, and therein lies yeah. progress. Yeah. So let's tee it up. Okay. Uh, so we're in Genesis chapter twenty, chapters twenty-eight, golf twenty-nine, tea or, or baseball tee. Ooh, well, I don't know if we're getting much baseball. Golf tee or baseball? Right now, let's go. Uh, let's go golf. golf. Okay. Yeah, golf we'll go tee. Golf. Got it. So uh, Genesis twenty-eight. Yes. Um, where we kind of ended last week was. Yeah, uh, where we ended last week was. Um, well, in the sermon, you know, the, mm-hmm. um, the family dynamics are truly impactful in our lives. And God's not absent of those. But, um, you know, the story uh, of our relationship to our parents, and if mm-hmm. we happen to be parents of our relationships to our kids, really, um, really is a, a significant thing mm-hmm. uh, to take note of. In our conversation in the deep dive, we took a look at kind of what do we do with um, someone that we generally would say a hero of the faith, or mm-hmm. he's a patriarch mm-hmm. in Israel, and yet significantly flawed in the chapter 27 uh, narrative where Jacob had deceived his whole family, yeah. and Rebecca had been involved in that, and yeah. Esau is crushed, and Isaac is heartbroken, and... I mean, the end of that chapter was kind of a mess. And what's nice in this passage is I think we see movement Mm -hmm. in Jacob's life. Mm -hmm. We see progress. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's, uh, in some sense, it's it's been done for him. Um, But he kind of has created a boundary, and he's left. Um, And so in in chapter 28, uh, we have him leaving his family of origin, leaving his immediate family, and going to spend... Uh, what's going to end up being a significant amount of time with his yep. uncle, uh, Laban. Yeah. Now, not an insignificant note is Jacob's leaving his family. Esau left in frustra- frustration. Jacob did have to run for some time. But at a point, um, at this point, we see Isaac calls Jacob and blesses him and directs him. You, you must not marry uh, from the Canaanites, mm-hmm. he says instead. Go to uh, basically go to the the lineage that mm-hmm. you're supposed to, um, and find your wife there. And we see Jacob respond favorably to Isaac, and we see Isaac kind of, I think, accepting, if not embracing, that Jacob is the inheritor. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's kind of the lens in this passage. You know, some of the Old Testament narratives. Um, they're hard to bring our modern understanding and yeah. lay it over the top and, and see the map. 
But if you do read with the text, you can see that, uh, at least for me, it helps to think of Jacob not as good or bad, but Jacob as inheritor. Hmm. Um, That's good. And we see him leaning into that, and we see his family in kind leaning into that. And it's in that context we see him um, both obey his dad rather than deceive, uh, and we see him receive a blessing from God rather than manipulating Hmm. a blessing for himself. So I think it's appropriate for us to say, like, this is redemptive movement. This is progress. Man, that's that's a really helpful uh, framework for this. Because you're right, we don't have anything one-to-one, you know, in our mm. in our world. Uh, and actually, it's, it's kind of fascinating because um, the comparison we, we made this weekend was, hey, singleness, right? Because that's, that's the, right. yeah. the, the point in time that, you know, Jacob finds himself in. He is single. He is not married. Um, in these chapters, he is going to uh, go from being single to yeah. being married. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know, maybe a helpful connection. Did you watch Downton Abbey at all? I did not, but I appreciate your correct pronunciation. Not, of... not downtown. <laughs> That was an argument in uh, one of my closest circles for a while. Uh, okay, so no spoilers because I've uh, we are in season. I think we're in season two now. Okay, who's um, we? Mallory and I. Okay, she's watched it before. Cool. Uh, she's tried to get me to watch this show uh, for a number of years. And does finally she I said pronounce yes. it Downton? Yes, she does. Um, we've we've taken a, a, a slight break because Winter Olympics are on, and that's you know we. Mallory loves the Winter Olympics. Awesome. Um, but in in Downton Abbey, you have a story of at least this far in Downton Abbey, you have a story of um, it's it's a it's a it's a story about classes. It's a story about um, they're not royal, but they have titles, and there's mm. all these rules that come along mm. with passing on the title and the property. And there's a the oldest daughter, so the 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 caretaker essentially um, of okay of Downton, um, he does not have a male son. Okay. And so uh, his, you know, the one who would be lined up to receive the inheritance mm-hmm. is his oldest daughter. Abby. No. Oh, man. Mary. Mary. I know, right? Is uh, Abby the place, the, the title, place. or the person? It's, it's, the, it's place. the place. Yes, okay. it's the place. I now know more. Um, and so anyway, she, uh, it's a story then of, well, who is the, who is the heir? Okay. And... Can we get Mary ah. to that, marry the heir? That feels familiar. Yeah. Yes. And, okay. And so, That's so the heir then is he comes from a place of uh, he's a lawyer, he's a working class, uh, okay. not not well off, but this is not the life that he mm. would choose. And yet, there's responsibilities that come mm. with being the heir. And so, and then you have the the, the current um, caretaker or whatever it's called. Um, trying to do the right thing okay. and to kind of put aside Ooh. his personal desires and preferences yep. to see his family for the thing that's right and bearing this weight of responsibility for Downton yeah. and the heir. So anyway, I, I draw some parallels yeah. there that I think that you helped me get to because hmm. understanding Jacob as this caretaker, the, the heir yeah. essentially of this yeah. great inheritance and blessing is a big deal and it's something that kind for of the us point. Yeah. we want to talk about singleness right. but we have to understand the narrative on its terms right i wonder this is a sidebar but i wonder how many uh people listening or people who are connected to calvary um like it, in their family of origin live with similar pressures 
there's expectations, there's a certain thing, and how many don't. Mm. Because I, I immediately I start, I kind of want to compare that to my own experience. And um, even I, I've gotten the impression that, uh, at least being a child of the 80s and 90s, that parents were discouraged from mm. those putting those kinds of pressures on mm-hmm. kids. So I just kind of wondered how many of our peers, those who preceded us, those who are following now, that this seems even more foreign yeah. or how many it seems familiar. Uh, yeah. I don't and, know. And if, and if you want to weigh in on that, uh, drop a comment or email us at podcasts at calvary.church. Yes, we have golf teed it up. Yes. Um, okay, so, this, so where we're at in this story. That was a really um, bad joke. That's all right. I'm really sorry. That's all right. Okay. Uh, we'll have grace for you. Um, so there's some stuff that happens in this in yes. this narrative, right? We have uh, Jacob. He's going to live and work for his uncle Laban. Yes. Uh, he, you know, catches eyes for his, I guess, cousin. Uh, this is true. <laughs> um, and you know, then Laban kind of manipulates, deceives the deceiver. Jacob yep. wakes up. He's married to. The older sister, which would have yep. been the proper order, but not the one that he has the eyes for, yeah. says, hey, I, Laban, this is not what we agreed on. Um, what the heck? Yeah. Uh, Laban goes, okay, well, work for another seven years for me. And Actually, Laban says something really interesting. He says, it is not our custom yeah. for the, the younger to get you know what the firstborn is uh, is, owed. is due. Yeah. yeah. And there's there's this like this is again why I think this is a redemptive moment in Jacob's life mm-hmm. because he's even brought to a place where he's face to face with um, let's call it his sin you know his deception and he has kind of opportunity here to either see his quest through mm-hmm. or to bail out to manipulate and he doesn't bail out or manipulate he. Basically, it, it seems like he accepts this circumstance. I, I read it as a bit of a um, an internal correction hmm. that he accepts that hmm. he has to reconcile that the firstborn should get should get uh, the inherit. It's fascinating. Yeah, especially when, yeah when you play that yep. with his own story. Um, yes, there is this redemptive kind of movement happening there. Yes, um, it gets weirder. Yes. I mean, like every good drama, um, because he loves Rachel more than Leah, and uh-huh. the text is clear about that, mm-hmm. which almost replicates like Jacob's mother loved him, where his father loved Esau. And so like the the relational triangles that go unaddressed wreak havoc on this family. Yeah. Um, but that's more of what we've been talking about. Well, and they service, didn't have so. the progressive commercials of how to not become your parents. Those are the best. Right. Aren't they amazing? Yes. Yes. Um, okay. So in the I'm story. I'm not then, succeeding in that, by the way. I am slowly becoming my parents. I did meet your I love parents you, Dad. Either, I love you, The other day. Um, so what we find ourselves in is a place where Jacob is now married to two women. Yes. That's not normal. something that is normal for us. No. Um, so... So, Dan, what do we do when we get to these points in especially Old Testament biblical yeah. narrative yeah. of, hey, what's going on here? Yeah. What do I do with this? Is the Bible endorsing polygamy? Mm. Um, should I have two wives? The answer yeah. is no. I'm lucky to have one. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, what do we do with these types of things? Yeah. And, like, polygamy as a whole. Um, yeah. Sure. Uh, well... I, I think it's fair to say um, there's there's a couple things that happen by way of reaction. 
Um, sometimes people uh, slam it closed, mm -hmm. push it away, mm -hmm. and have a hard time coming back yeah. um, because of something in that strangeness. Some um, <laughs> will uh, read it and will then immediately uh, kind of assume that because it's in Scripture, scr uh, that there's some mental math, emotional math. Scripture is good, mm -hmm. true. So what's in Scripture is good true mm -hmm. so that this must be at some point approved and that becomes a little bit of a slippery slope i i think the best uh, and it depends on what a person reading scripture is feeling in the moment we shouldn't feel like we get everything that would not be right we shouldn't run away from it i do think it's appropriate put your you know put your uh, tag in your bible mm -hmm. take a deep breath you know go for a walk eat a sandwich come back to it like, yeah at least hypothetically and when we look at texts like this and we see um, this polygamy uh, flippantly mentioned, it's mm -hmm. just kind of brought up and it's just told in the story. Um, you know, one, we, we can understand that sometimes the Bible is telling the truth of a story without endorsing the actions in it. Mm, and with good. Jacob, we've already seen that. Yes. We've already seen the Bible talk about his deception mm -hmm. in not in flattering terms. Not endorsing it. That's right. Yep. Um, we also, uh, over time, and this was something I said last week, and I, I'd like to say again, most of the text of the Bible is meant to be engaged over a long period of time. It's meant to be sat with. Mm -hmm. um, it's meant to be wrestled over. So it's okay, friend, yeah. when you read the Bible and something strange to not know the right answer immediately. It's probably healthy to even start with maybe... Maybe like the right answer approach isn't the right approach. Um, yeah. Maybe we need to approach it with, okay, what's going on? Why is this being talked about? What else do, do other parts of Scripture say? And this is where for the Christian, you know, as we move through the story, I think it's in Leviticus. Mm -hmm. um, there's a helpful book uh, called Is God a Moral Monster? Mm -hmm. The title is a question. Is God a Moral Monster by uh, Copen? Paul Copen. Paul. Yeah. Um, and in it, he... We'll link it in the notes. Great. Um, and he points to passages like in Leviticus, there's actually a comment on polygamy. Um, and it's got its own interpretive question marks around mm -hmm. it. But it, he makes a very good case. It's very clear that as the redemptive story unfolds and as the ethics of the redemptive story unfolds, um, the like Adam and Eve, man, wife, mm -hmm. that really does... It's like the anchor that keeps that we keep coming back to. It's yeah. the it's the midline that 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 scripture wants to keep drawing us to in both its storytelling and the ethics of redemption, even as we uh, understand it through time. Mm. So, um, yeah. So it's it's very fascinating here. Um, well, I do think it's also important to note that um, often we want to ask the Bible questions that the Bible doesn't. Yes. Isn't isn't seeking to answer yes. in that space, and so to ask ourselves, hey, the original readers, the original hearers of this text, Genesis, yep. would have been the Israelites coming out of Exodus. So it's yep. kind of a retelling of their history and their story. Um, it's not a um, yes. There are prescriptive elements. There are. Um, points of application that we can pull from it faithfully. Yeah. However, it's not trying to tell a story of, hey, was your great-great-grandfather yeah. bad or good? Yeah. It was a, hey, this is the family story. 
that you actually already know and are aware of. Yeah. We are documenting it for future generations to tell, but yeah. we're trying to, we're really just answering the question, how did we get where we are? So I, I do think that's an important, um, it, it helps us to contextualize these stories and, and ask the question, what would the first hearers, the first readers, um, what were they going through? Yeah. What did God want to tell yeah. them? Um, and ultimately, this is a story of getting to the 12 tribes of Israel. So to gloss yeah. this or to shortcut Jacob's marriages uh, would not be to it'd tell be a, a big, true story. It would be a big mess. Uh, yeah. Like and, this is the history of the people of Israel. And if there's anything, you know, people of God, right, we, we need to tell true stories. Mm. So yes, um, we only have a couple minutes left. Oh, uh, man. It's been a great – I know it's I keep fun. like squinting at the uh, camera I, to see what the timer is I like at. golf. Uh, yeah. So in just a couple minutes, yep. one of the words that we were yes. talking about that jumped out is the word blessing. Yes. yes. Um, we see blessing, you know, pop up yeah. early in Genesis. Uh, we see it pop up uh, Genesis 12 when God originally called Abraham. We see it here. Mm-hmm. Um, just riff on that a little bit. And I'm going to actually yeah. step away from the camera for a second so I can get an okay. accurate read okay. on this time. Um, so yeah, the, this this idea and this concept of of blessing it starts um, in Jacob's kind of famous ladder dream, the angels traversing between heaven and earth on a ladder extending to heaven in this dream, and God says to Jacob, "I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring, all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised to you. Um, This is, I, I think it's right to understand Early in chapter 28, uh-huh. Isaac calls Jacob and blesses him and sends him out. Here in this vision, this dream, God now speaks blessing over Jacob. And if you're familiar with the other pieces of the Genesis narrative, um, these are the blessings not just of Abraham, of Abraham as in like kind. These are the same blessings spoken over Abraham. Mm. Uh, I will give you land. I will give you descendants. They will be numerous. Um this is where Jacob, as the inheritor, um, I think, begins to transition into Jacob, the inheritor with blessing, the mm-hmm. blessed inheritor. Um, the idea of blessing, I'm borrowing from uh, a, a really good podcast, and uh, there's some really good work done by the Bible Project. Uh, I rely on it a lot yeah. when I want to understand scope in Scripture. And they were. Again, we'll link in the comments. Cool. They were. Uh, ex- talking about the concept of blessing in these early pages of Mm -hmm. Scripture. This goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. This goes all the way back to the garden, that God created everything good and in order, that God created everything and blessed it, Mm -hmm. um, and then invited invited humanity into it to be perpetrators of blessing. Um, now we're terrible at it. Like we don't do great with the blessing or with perpetrating the blessing. And yet this is what redemption is, is God continues to step in, um, to protect, extend, uh, redeem, uh, advance his blessing in the world. And Mm. we see that in the person of Jacob. I think one of the hardest things about Jacob is if you were to ask the question, is he deserving of blessing? The answer is probably no. Hmm. Um, 
does he get there? The answer is a strong maybe. And yet this is what blessing is. Hmm. Blessing is God entering the story and bringing his kind of progress, um, in my opinion. So Hmm. blessing shows up here. That's really good. Um, I, one of our, our, our former pastors, uh, Ray Washington, if you ever asked him, yeah. Hey Ray. Reverend Ray's. Yeah. Reverend Ray's shout out. Uh, how are you? His answer 10 times out of 10 blessed. That was before it was cool. And that was before it was cool. Yeah. 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 Cause hashtag blessed. Like mm-hmm. what does that mean? Uh-huh. Yes. It does not usually mean this. <laughs> no. Although I'm sure there's some hope for it. Some inclination. Abs- absolutely. I do think it. like we are custodians, mm, right? Good word. We're yep. custodians of God's blessing. And yeah. ultimately as we trace that into the new Testament, we yeah. trace that into Jesus coming ultimately yeah. to bless, um, us in a a new way mm. in a bigger way yeah um in a way that still you know we still need to make much of the yeah. land yeah um and the people um there's a sense it's almost a more definitive way because mm-hmm. it's from the inside out yeah uh, you know we see later ezekiel say uh, god god through ezekiel says i'm going to take your heart of stone speaking to the people of israel yeah. down the road and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh, and that becomes an analogy. Um, it says, "Like I will wash you, and you'll be, you will be clean." Like mm-hmm. analogies to baptism and everything. But the the point is, um, you know, while God was active in the blessing externally, always um, the goal I think was to internalize it uh, in the person of Jesus and through faith in Him. Yeah, um, it's it's an epic yeah concept. What are other words? in your mind for, you use the word custodian. I Mm -hmm. think it's a great word. Mm -hmm. Um, I've heard the word uh, a steward, Mm -hmm. which was useful to me because I hadn't ever heard that word before. So it gave me this whole new category of what does it mean to live in God's world, in God's ways. Um, But what other words could we use? Yeah, I I think the New Testament gives us a lot of metaphors, Mm. right? Um, The language of sonship, uh, we're adopted. Yeah, um, an heir, an heir. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. Which co- co-heir. is similar to co-heir. inheritor. Yeah, in a co-heir way. with yeah. Christ. Obviously, there's a different cultural, you know, there's cultural connections in the New Testament world um, uh, for that. And, and the Roman, what does it mean to be a Roman citizen? Um, I think of you know the, the united with Christ, right? Because mm. ultimately, oh, like yeah. Christ is the um, the bringer of blessing, the fulfillment of blessing, yeah. um, but but he also himself is the blessing. Yeah, and oh, that's cool. for us to be united that's into cool. that. Um, do you do you think there's a, a parallel? So Jacob is told, "I'm the God of your father Abraham," hmm. and there's this like you're united to this blessing story. You're united to the story for We're sure. We're united in Christ, and I love what you said that he's not just bringing the blessing; he himself is blessed. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the blessing. Uh, Romans five chapter or chapter five verse like twelve and mm-hmm. following, kind of makes that point yeah. that like God's blessing in the world was going to flow through His image in the world, mm-hmm. which people Adam didn't do well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Abraham marginally better. Yeah. Jacob maybe a few yes. ticks, but yeah. the point wasn't necessarily their worth. The point was where, where, and how blessing can flow, mm-hmm. 
And ultimately, we see Jesus mm-hmm. made a little lower. I'm going to quote Hebrews because I've been thinking about yeah, it. But made, a lot. made lower than the angels, but crowned with glory and honor. Yeah. Um, we see Jesus, yes, be the blessing. Um, yeah. That's really cool. That's good. Well, that's probably a good, good place for us to stop. Mm. I've um, got a tagline for us to close with, go for, for my it. part at least. Go I know you it. have wrap-up. Yeah, wrap-up, um, but go for it. Keep, keep your Bibles open, friends. Yes. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, thank you for joining us this week on The Deep Dive. Uh, you can find this resource and more on our website, calvary.church slash relationship series. That's uh, content for this series. You can also find it on our website, calvary.church slash resources. Uh, as always, if you have any questions you'd like um, discussed in a future episode, uh, shoot us an email, podcasts at calvary.church, and uh, we will catch you again next week. Hashtag blessed. Thanks for listening to The Deep Dive, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.